0: So, why don't you go ahead and take your Bibles out? Turn to the third chapter of Matthew, set it on your lap. I'll get to it in a moment. So, I came across a story that I thought was just perfect for this morning, and I want to share it with you. The story is titled The River and in this particular story there's a little boy named Harry and Harry is taken by his babysitter of all things to a baptism and when they get to the river where the baptism is being held they see this preacher standing in the water you people listen to all that I have to say there is but one river and that's the river of life that comes from Jesus. It's the river of faith. It's the river of love. Well, Harry, Harry is mesmerized. He's fascinated by the preacher. And before he knows it, he finds himself out in the middle of the river. And the preacher, you can picture it, can't you? The preacher has a hold of him. And the preacher says to Harry, Harry, if I baptize you, you'll be able to go to the kingdom of God in the river of life. Do you want that, Harry? Yes, says the boy. That's exactly what I want. So the preacher plunges Harry's head under the water. And then when he brings him up, the preacher looks him. him in the eye. You count now, son. You are a someone. So I want to take a look at Matthew now. Take your Bibles. Because, believe it or not, in this passage of Matthew, we see a similar experience. This is one of those passages that we see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's recorded in three of the four Gospels. Although, the two other Gospels record it with just a few little changes. Matthew was placed at the beginning of the scriptures because it is the bridge between the Old and the New Testament. We know for a fact that it's written by a Jewish Christian and he's writing to Jewish readers. Mark was the first gospel written, even though it's placed second. But Mark was written maybe 62 to 68, where Matthew is written 70 to 85. I always share with you some range of when these are written, because if Jesus left us at 32, it's a reminder that we're always looking back, aren't we? The stories are always a backward glance, a rearview mirror glance, if you will. So I'm going to read from the third chapter of Matthew, and I'm reading from the translation called The Message. Jesus then appeared, arriving at the Jordan River from Galilee, There were three sections in Israel at the time of Jesus. Think of it as a skinny shoebox. At the top was the region of Galilee. In the middle was the region of Samaria. And the bottom section was the region of Judea. John the Baptist is down in Judea baptizing. So Jesus has now moved maybe 70 miles, 60 miles to what? To be baptized by John the Baptist. He wanted John to baptize him. John objected, I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you. But Jesus insisted, God's work, do it. Putting things right all these centuries is coming together right now in this baptism. So John did it. The moment that Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened up and he saw God's spirit In the Greek, God's pneuma, God's breath. It looked like a dove, descending and landing on him. And along with the spirit, a voice. This, you notice the word, it's a proclamation to everyone, to everyone who's there. This is my son, chosen and marked, marked by my love. I want you to remember that verse, marked by my love. He is the delight Great of my life. Tony Campolo says that, and I quote A Christian is someone whose heart is broken by the things that break the heart. A of Christian God. is one who is angry over the things that anger the heart of God. A Christian is one who has joy over the things that bring joy to the heart of God. If you remember nothing, nothing from this sermon, I want you to remember this. You and I, just like claimed by God in baptism, are to have the heart of God. Sounds daunting, doesn't it? But we are to live and to give and to act and to love and to forgive and to talk in a way that we bring honor to God. Honor. Because God owns our heart. In John's Gospel we read, out of the believer's heart will flow rivers of living water, living. and you all know this for a fact. I know you do. It is our that heart that defines us. It is our heart that speaks for us. That shapes it is the our reputation heart. that we have in the world, and it's from a spiritual heart a heart that has been claimed by God, if you will, that will flow rivers of living water. I'm no heart surgeon. I'm no heart doctor. Unfortunately, Pete Purcell's not here. He was the heart doctor. But I can tell you this about the heart. It is always the quality of our heart that defines to others who we are, And when someone thinks of you, inevitably, they will think if you have a heart of gold or whether you have a heart of stone. I've shared this before. The size of your world will never be any larger than the size of your heart. Never. Second, the strength of our heart determines how we're going to react in certain situations when we when you and i are faced with circumstances whether we have the choice to do something that we know is right or something that our is wrong big heart our heart of god or our lack of it will determine what we do and if your heart is compromised your decisions will be compromised Proverbs 4, above all, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Third, the health of our heart, the health of our heart demonstrates our spiritual condition. If we have no heart, we have not a physical problem, but a spiritual problem. Because God wants us to be persons of integrity. Persons with what I'm going to call Christ-like said, with the heart of God. What could be worse than being described as being heartless? And the choir sang it so beautifully. I was going to say it anyway, but I'll repeat it, or I should have you sing it again. Psalm 51, create in me a pure heart, O God, the right spirit. Fourth and last, and maybe most important to us here this morning, is the ownership of our heart. Baptism became for Jesus as it really should be for us the public act when we are claimed and when we are mocked. That water becomes an invisible symbol. That God owns us. That God owns our heart. And in the end, in the end, I don't think it will matter if our church attendance was 85% it's or good if we if attended every Bible and brew. It's good. Or we supported every deacon's bake sale and bought those pies for $300. Well, what will matter is this? It will matter if the actions of our heart with the heart of God, that will matter. It will matter if our behavior looks something like God's son who showed us how to make the world a better place, how to forgive people, how to love people. In a moment, each of us will have the opportunity to renew our baptism promises. And for some of you, I suspect it will be simply like stating the obvious. Someone like the couple who has been married for 50 or 60 years and renew moment. their vows. And for some, it might be a time of maybe reconsideration or of how reassessing up you to your vows. And you might, at that moment, say to yourself and say to God, this is my moment of renewal. For some today, it might be a decision to re-embrace your faith and your church, because if you were baptized as an infant, you now have the opportunity to renew those vows that were made for you by your parents. And some, someone significant in your family stood there next to you as your godparents or but your regardless regardless where you and i might be on this continuum of faith that same voice that exact same voice that spoke we'll to jesus to you do not fear i have washed you clean i have called you by name i own your heart You are someone, and you are marked forever by my love. Give me an amen.